You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, I'm just sitting down to record the podcast, and news is coming over the wire, uh, which is how I like to refer to the internet sometimes, um, about a school in Indiana that's being sued by the ACLU. Uh, the school's name is Churubasco. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. It's a high school, and the principal, who is a needle dick douchebag, was given some photographs that a couple of girls at the school at a private event, a party over the summer, took of themselves pretending to lick a penis-shaped lollipop and wearing lingerie uh, that they'd posted to their MySpace page uh, that only their friends could access. And they obviously have a friend who doesn't care for them very much because somebody printed out these photographs that these girls took at this party over the summer that had nothing to do with school, nothing to do with their schoolwork, and gave them to the principal who proceeded – to suspend both girls from all athletic and extracurricular activities for the year because their actions reflected badly on the school. Now, no one had ever heard of this fucking school or this douchebag principal whose name is Austin Couch. Who's bringing disrespect to the school? Who's creating a bad reputation of the school? Austin Crouch, principal, douchebag of Cherubusco High School. No one had heard of this school in Charobowskow, Indiana, or these girls, or Principal Austin Couch, until he made a federal case out of what really is their right to their own bodies, their own MySpace pages, their right to privacy, their right to express themselves. He invaded their privacy and now has brought infamy down upon himself and his school and... and The ACLU is now suing the school on behalf of the girls. Good for the fucking ACLU, by the way. Send them a check, the ACLU, every once in a while. And I just want to say to Principal Couch, fuck you, you privacy-invading little douchebag. Uh, The most sort of outrageous part of the story is, get this. Uh, the girls were told that their punishment could be reduced by 25%. I don't know what that means. If they went to three mandatory counseling sessions and then appeared before all the athletic coaches at the school, who are all men, to apologize for their actions. What this is really about, this whole story, this obsession uh, on Principal Couch's part, is the fear of female sexuality and of particularly teen female sexuality and a desire to punish and control and humiliate these girls for having any sort of sexual agency at all, any sort of uh, desire at all, any sort of sense of humor or play or, or, you know, most appalling of all, this idea that they were, you know, in charge of and in possession of and in control of their own bodies, that their bodies did not belong to Principal Couch and this fucking high school and the athletic department, that their bodies were their own and they could take pictures of them and post them to their own MySpace pages where only their friends could see them. This is really, you know, not to make a federal case out of a few MySpace photos and one douchebag Principal Couch. This is really, uh, you know, just another bit of evidence that the country and a lot of people in it have a problem 
with teen sexuality and particularly female teen sexuality and freedom. And uh, we have to fight these people on behalf of these girls. So uh, watch for this in my print edition in Savage Love because I am going to beat the living fuck out of this douchebag principal couch. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage today for details. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item plus three adult DVDs plus an extra gift plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter savage at checkout. Hey, Dan. Uh, this is Derek. I'm a 27-year-old male living in New York. Uh, I've got a problem with the next that I'm hoping you can help me out with. Um, I dated this girl uh, on and off for a few years. Started in Boston maybe like a few years ago, and we reconnected uh, this year. Me being in New York, her in Boston. Things started out casual. They started really good, really easy. Um, sex was great. Everything was really light. Um, we had broken up for reasons that, um, yeah, I broke it up with her because she was too intense. She was too, her expectations were too high for me. Um, and for relationships in general, I mean, I was the only person that she, uh, liked apparently for almost five, six, seven years. Um, so there was a lot of uh, pressure on me. I guess, to, to be this great boyfriend. And uh, needless to say, uh, long distances between Boston and New York, uh, in addition to her just two years later not being able to keep a, the same perspective, uh, change her perspective at all um, towards me and still had crazy pressure and expectations. And now we're four hours away. So... Uh, I broke it off with her again um, and told her I, we didn't, I didn't wish for us to communicate anymore, at least for a little while, you know, until things cooled down, had some time to go away from it all. But now she's uh, been contacting me over and over and over again uh, through emails, through late night drunk dials, uh, text messages. Um, she's really hurt and she really uh, wants a reaction out of me and she wants me to talk to her and... Uh, I don't know if she's looking for closure or if she's looking for a window. Um, I really don't know what to do or how to respond anymore. Um, part of me just wants to continue to say nothing and hopefully she'll go away. But guess what? She works in the same industry as me and she's moving here in January. So I need to come up with some kind of way that I can, I can resolve things with her, either by being friends or by not being friends and having us just be civil with each other. I don't know what to say or how to go about it, and I need your help. You need my help? Really? All you got to do is keep doing what you're doing. Don't respond to her texts. Don't take her drunken late-night phone calls. Don't engage. Uh, if she keeps it up, send her one final note or email that says, look, not interested. Uh, I'm very sorry. I understand that you're hurt. Uh, but it ain't in the cards. It ain't happening. Uh, get over me, get over it. The end. It doesn't matter if she moves. You're not, you're not compelled to start dating her again because she works in the same industry that you do and she's moving to the same city where you live. Uh, 
you know, plenty of people break up with people that they work with or work in the same industry with or live in the same town with and you're not especially compelled to hold their hands or help them through the emotional crisis that ensues when you get your ass dumped or start seeing them again just because proximity changes. Like, fuck her. It's over. If the shoes were on the other feet here gender-wise, if you were a lady and this was a man, you would perhaps recognize this uh, – as harassment and a lot of people would regard it as harassment. What she's doing, this refusal to take fuck off, it's over, go away, no, no, no for an answer. Right now, it's it's annoying, it's pesty, it, it borders on harassment. If she keeps it the fuck up and if it involves any sort of physically getting up in your grill once she moves back to the town or once she moves to the town where you live, then it's stalking. Just call it what it is. And do not engage and be angry. You don't have to feel sympathy for this person who's harassing you and maybe stalking you soon. You should be angry and you should let her hurt and let her go away and be very direct and clear and uh, cauterize that breakup wound for her. Hi, Dan. This is Emily. And this is Kendra. My roommate, Kendra, will listen to your show and knit while doing so. <laughs> we have a question for you about two of our friends. They're, they're pretty frumpy. It's bad. And they recently just got into relationships and we're wondering, A, why would women do this? We're in relationships, but we don't do it. And then they're wondering, what are the possible implications of doing this? And how do we tell them politely that they need to shape up because it's just heinous? Tried to get you on the phone, actually got you for a second, but you were rushing to a class because you had an exam. Uh, you examine your heart and your soul and your brain. Your friend's attire, your opinion of your friend's attire or their style uh, is really irrelevant. If they're happy and content being frumpy, if they don't want to pluck everything, shave everything, dress just the way you dress, that's their prerogative. Fuck off with your condescending, judgmental opinions about your female friend's appearances. I'm being rude. I realize you're being rude. You should realize. Uh, I think your call is a good example of the phenomenon that isn't widely commented on because we're always talking about the way men are always judging women based on their looks. But frequently, the, the, the harshest and most vocal critics of a woman's look are other women, that women are constantly assessing and criticizing and denigrating other women for their style, their look, the way they dress, the way they act, whether they're not slutty enough, in your opinion of your friends, or too slutty, in perhaps your opinions of other people. It would be nice if women could just let each other alone sometimes. Hi, this is Michelle, and my concern is, or my problem, I um, like to be, I guess, banged with fruit. I like bananas and cucumbers, and I've been married to my husband. We've been together seven years, and I've been married for two and a half, and he will bang me with the fruit, but he won't enjoy the fruit or the cucumbers after intercourse, and I like to eat them and have him eat them too. I kind of like to lick on them and stuff, and um, sorry, I don't know. This is just weird that I'm actually saying this out loud. But And so I don't know what I can do to actually get him to enjoy the fruit with me, the banana and the cucumber and stuff. And um, 
I don't know if that's weird. I mean, I don't think it's weird. I washed the fruit before, so, and the cucumber, and, um, like, we've used carrots and stuff, and I like to eat them. And he doesn't mind the part where he bangs me with them, but he doesn't like to eat them with me, and I, that's where I get aroused is when he's eating them with me. So I don't know what to do about this because it's something that, I find pleasurable, and I don't need to do it all the time. It's not every time we have intercourse, but I don't find it very pleasurable unless he eats it with me. So I was wondering if there was anything that I could do to get him to enjoy this or what I should do, because it's not like it overconsumes my love life and we don't even do it, I mean, maybe a couple times a month. But I just want to know if there's any advice that you could give me with this fetish of mine. I think you're fucked, actually. Um, Not with the fruit sense fucked. I mean, just fucked. Because if this is really important to you, uh, that the husband consume this fruit that he's uh, fucked you with, and veg that he's fucked you with, that was something you needed to bring to him, to talk to him about, perhaps before marriage, uh, and, and see where he's at on it. I hope you've had a conversation with him. You don't mention his objections to eating the fruit or whether you've ever even discussed it with him. I, I assume you have. And he said, ew, no, can't. Uh, it kind of ruins the banana for me. Or it takes the, you know, the shine off the cucumber for me. And I don't want to eat the fruit that I fucked you with because it's no longer fruit. It's something else. Perhaps it's a homophobic hangup. Perhaps he views the fruit then as a phallus and he doesn't want to put a phallus in his mouth. Whatever it is, whatever his objections, if he's unwilling to budge, the only leverage you have is to declare it a deal breaker and say, this is so important to my sexual fulfillment and expression that if you're not willing to do X, then it's over and I'm going to go find somebody who is willing to do X. You married him. You love him, presumably. Uh, I assume, therefore, that you're not willing to rule this a deal breaker and draw that kind of line in the sand, which means you're just stuck and fucked uh, or not fucked with this guy who is just not going to eat the bananas he shoves in your twat. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcast.com slash savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. I recommend Love and Sex with Robots, the Evolution of Human-Robot Relationships, which we've mentioned frequently on the show. It's available at audiblepodcast.com slash savage where you can get a free audiobook download today. Hi, Dan. I'm a 26-year-old male from Maryland, and uh, the question I have for you actually regards a married couple I know. I'm pretty good acquaintances with them, and um, recently I was interested in becoming more than acquaintances. So uh, I happened to be at work, and the husband was around, and I was talking to him, and I said, well, hey, you know, would you and your wife like to hang out sometime. Um, This was just a completely normal, above-the-board offer. Um, And he said, well, okay. Uh, He's like, do you have our number? And I, you know, was getting his phone number from him. And uh, I was standing next to him, and (laughs) I looked down, and I noticed that I I feel, and I notice he's touching my arm, and he's kind of rubbing my arm. 
And I was a little nervous uh, at this point, so I kind of pulled my arm away, thinking, oh, you know, haha, you know, he's just being kind of funny. Um, but then he starts stroking my cheek, and he was like, well, uh, it, you know, he said, oh, do you, do you want to join us in our sin? And uh, <laughs> so this, at this point, I was way the fuck out of my comfort zone. Uh, I wasn't panicking. I, I wasn't, like, offended. Uh, but I was just, it was not at all a situation I think I was prepared for. And so I was sort of, like, there as a deer in the headlights. And um, he has a quirky sense of humor. I have a quirky sense of humor. Uh, there's a possibility he was just sort of dicking around with me. Um, but I'm wondering, uh, I'm wondering now, if this was potentially like uh, an invitation to a threesome uh, or something of the sort with he and his wife, with him and his wife. And um, so I kind of pulled away and things just kind of resumed their normal course and I got their number and I mean I'll be seeing them in the future even if I don't just call them uh, so my question is uh, and I mean I was thinking about this uh, even though I was nervous at the moment I kind of chickened the hell out it's not something I would be opposed to uh, necessarily they're both pretty cool people they're both kind of attractive uh, so with that in mind, I was wondering, uh, how to bring this back up and how to say, Hey, um, you know, I was wondering if you were just kind of screwing around with me, uh, and joking around, or if this was like a serious thing. And if it was a serious thing, um, I might be interested um, and I don't think there's really any way for me to know that, uh, short of asking him. Uh, I mean, it seems fairly, fairly obvious from what he did at first blush that it may have been, uh, serious. <laughs> um, it was just really weird and different for me. And, uh, so I, I guess, how, how do I go about bringing this back up? Uh, and my other question is if it does turn out to be an actual offer to some kind of liaison, um, what should I bring to the table, so to speak? What should, um, what should I expect? Uh, what are my, I guess, what are my responsibilities coming into this, this sort of situation? Perhaps he, your friend was seized by the same impulse that I am now seized by, which is this insane desire to stuff my dick in your mouth just to shut you up. Good God. Sometimes it just it amazes me. I'm being so down on everyone today and I apologize. It's been a bad week. It amazes me that, you know, anybody ever has an orgasm in the presence of another human being ever sometimes when I listen to the calls. That anybody ever gets pregnant ever. That, that any sexually transmitted diseases ever get transmitted successfully ever. Hamming. And he stroked your arm and touched your cheek and made sort of dirty jokes about you just innocently asking them for the phone number that implied that he might want to have a three-way with you. You have license to just say, what was up with that? And if you meant X, I am into it. Let's go tag team the wife. Just say it to him. Not to me. To him. You want what you want. He offered basically to give you what you want. He's probably waiting for you to make the next move. He lobbed the fucking ball over the net. 
Your turn. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm sitting uh, with my friend Sean right now arguing about female ejaculation. He's gay. He doesn't know any better, but I know that it's a myth. Hi, Dan, Sean. I've seen it. Tell Becca that it's true. Women can come and shoot it out. I've seen it. Just because you can't do it doesn't mean that other ladies can't do it themselves. They can. I've watched it. I've seen it with my own eyes, with me in the room. Not porn. I have watched one woman make another woman ejaculate. Uh, Here's the wiki. Female ejaculation. (laughs) Female ejaculation, also known as squirting or gushing, refers to the expulsion of a noticeable amount of clear fluid by human females from the ducts through and around the urethra during or before orgasm. The exact source and nature of the fluid continues to be a topic of debate among medical professionals. That about sums it up. Some people think it's sort of a proto-prostate gland that, you know, because when you stimulate the Grafenberg spot, which is you stick your finger in a woman's vagina and then make the come here motion with your finger, you're rubbing basically the ridge along the top of her vaginal canal, that you are stimulating uh, a sort of what may exist in some women proto prostate gland, and the prostate gland, of course, in the male sucks all the fluid out of the bloodstream and creates the the ejaculate, the seminal fluid, and it has the same function. And she has her orgasms and muscle muscle contractions and squeezed out of her prostate in the same way out of the male's prostate is splooge, female ejaculate. But it exists just because you can't do it doesn't mean other ladies can't. Thank you for the call. Hi, Dan. I'm calling with a question because I listen to your show and I almost always agree with your advice. The question is, should I have a child? I am 35 and in a relationship. My boyfriend is a little ambivalent about having kids, but if it came down to it and I definitely wanted kids and he didn't, I might have to think about you know, finding somebody else who wants the same thing I want. But I'm still really on the fence. For a long time, I've been hesitant to reproduce because I'm very type A. I'm impatient, perfectionistic, have a bit of a temper. I've worked on all of these things, and I've gotten better about it, but they're still there. Also, I had kind of an unhappy childhood. I don't want a child who was unhappy like I was. I value my independence and freedom, and I like to do things at the spur of the moment without worrying about caring for another human being. When I speak to my friends who have kids, and compare their weekends to mine. Theirs sound like a big drag, while mine seems fun. I have a stressful job. I want to get home. I like to veg out, relax with some stupid TV, that kind of thing. It's frustrating to me if I have a lot of chores to deal with when I get home. I am very hardworking, but I also enjoy my relaxation. I like children, but I'm afraid of the responsibility. I'm afraid I'd be neurotic as a parent, and I'd fuck them up. So at this point, you're probably saying don't have kids, right? Here's the thing. When I ask breeder friends, you know, what's so great about having kids, they all say the same thing. They say it's this amazing adventure that you don't understand until you've actually had kids. I've heard that statistically people with kids are actually less happy than people without kids. 
And I've always suspected that when breeders say it's an amazing adventure, they say that because they feel like they can't say, well, actually, having kids is a big drag. I wish I were childless like you. Lately, though, I've been wondering if it's anything like having a dog. That sounds really stupid, but hear me out. I remember a while back, before I had a dog, I used to see people with dogs and see how much responsibility it was, how expensive it was to care for them, how needy they were, and just not get it. Now I have a dog. I love my dog. I couldn't possibly imagine life without my dog. He really makes my life, you know, better and more full, and it's an amazing adventure. Sounds familiar, huh? So here's the thing. Am I, it's having kids like a dog, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, have kids and be glad I did? Or is it this huge drag that I think it is? One last thing. I live in a country where everybody has babies by age of 25. Even my professional colleagues who waited to have children are all now having babies. Three new babies were born this year. Everyone asks me when I'm going to have babies. Even strangers assume I have children, and when I do not, they do stuff like ask my age and look worried when I tell them, and they start giving me advice about having children. I don't want to have a child just because everyone is pressuring me, but I don't want to look back 15 years from now and regret my decision to remain childless. I've been turning this over in my head for years, and I can't decide. You're exactly my age, I think, and you have a child. So what do you think? Thanks. Bye. I think people who are ambivalent about having children shouldn't have children. The end. Uh, there really is no comparison between a child and a dog. As much as you love your dog, somewhere in the back of your mind every day as you're interacting with your dog is the knowledge that you could have the dog put down. If you really didn't like the dog, you could get rid of the dog. You could have the dog killed. You could give the dog away. You could drive out into the country and kick the dog out of the car and that would be the end of the dog. Dogs don't have opinions. Dogs don't have to be forced to do their homework. Dogs don't scream, I hate you, at the top of their lungs in a grocery store because you will not buy them 44 gallons of ice cream a week. There really is no comparison. There's a power dynamic difference between children who are human beings uh, with mouths and language skills and abilities uh, and uh, who will assert themselves in ways that a dog really won't uh, unless you get a pit and it rips your throat out. I would encourage you uh, and your partner to think about being big brothers, big sisters. If you want to like experience parenting a bit, uh, you can think about foster parenting, which is really kind of get a feel for it perhaps. See if you have any skill for it, any affinity for it and it would perhaps give you a worst case scenario child because a lot of children in foster care are demanding and have special needs and uh, require more of their foster parents. I would encourage you and the boyfriend to listen to everything you ticked off in your call, all the reasons you don't want to do this, and, and really embrace it. And who gives a shit what other people think? As a parent myself, um, I compare it to heroin, a heroin problem, a little heroin problem. Uh, you know, when you have a little heroin problem, what's great about heroin is when you're high, you've never been so high. But what's bad about heroin is when you're miserable – You've really never been so miserable. And don't fall for the TV commercials that make family life and parenting look like you're going to have good weeks and you know maybe a bad day and a, you know, a good couple of days and then maybe a bad afternoon. You will have a good three minutes and a bad minute and a half and a good five minutes and a bad ten minutes and a good hour and then a bad half hour. Parenting is uh, a roller coaster. And you just don't sound like you're cut out for it, frankly. And I would encourage you to do something else, get more dogs.
Hi, Dan. Uh, my name is Steve, and I just wanted I just finished listening to podcast 158, and you had a caller, a uh, young lady who was upset about her boyfriend losing his hair, and I just wanted to shout out to everybody who was losing their hair. Um, I think, Dan, you were totally right. Shave your head. Shave my head. I, I started losing my hair very early. Shave my head. My sex life is never better. Never better than after that. It's fantastic. Do it. Shave it. Polish it. Go for it. So don't take my word for it, guys. Me with my full head of luxurious brown hair. Take his word for it. He was losing his hair. He didn't do Rogaine. He didn't do a comb over or hair plugs. He shaved his head and polished his head and was bravely bald. And he has been swimming in pussy ever since. Thanks for the call. Hi, Jan. Um, I just wanted to add something which I didn't, I'm quite sure didn't think about uh, to the girl whose uh, boyfriend liked to double dip and uh, seemed like she was really into it too, but you said that it really was not a smart idea at all. Um, what if they used two female condoms? Because uh, it sounds like uh, she really wants to do it, and uh, if they used two female condoms, would that uh, work? Thanks. Absolutely that would work, and I'm ashamed of myself for not thinking of it. Uh, I'm actually going to require one of the tech savvy at receipts to write female condom on his forehead as he sits across from me manipulating the controls so that I'm always thinking about female condoms because I'm always neglecting them uh, with bits of advice. Yes, you can use those trash can liners and you can stick one in a pussy and one in the ass and then pull the dick out and go back and forth so long as you're careful not to uh, accidentally shove the side of the female condom in. You have to actually have the lights on and be a little cognizant of uh, – your female condom insertion technique so that you don't um, introduce a lot of fecal bacteria into the vaginal canal, which is what we want to avoid. But yeah, female condoms are awesome. And uh, from now on, I'm sorry to say, Tech Savvy at Risk Youth, you will have female condom written on your foreheads every week when we record the podcast. Thanks for the call. Hey, Dan, this is uh, just somebody kind of concerned about you, actually. Um, just listening to the girl on episode 158 talking about monogamy and trying to get her point across. And I heard her say, I'm just having a hard time lately listening to you. And it's kind of how I feel too. You kind of sound bitter. And I hate to say that, but you, um, you're a little bitchy lately, whereas you used to be inspirational. Um, and I don't feel good after I listen to your podcast like I used to. And uh, where I used to find it entertaining slash educational slash eye-opening and anything else that came along with it, now it starts off negative. And you're not negative, I don't think. So if there's anything wrong, I, I hope you can work it out because I really do like the podcast and I really think that you're a good guy too. But um, I don't know. I'm hoping for... Uh, more positivity from you, I guess. Oh, and I have lumps in my cum sometimes. What do you think about that? I think it's awesome that you have lumps in your cum sometimes, actually. Uh, I'm going to be really positive about the lumps in your cum. I'm sure they're aesthetically pleasing and absolutely duh fucking licious, those lumps in your cum. Uh, that happens. It can be because you have like uh, coagulating seminal fluid in your urethra. Uh, and your vas difference doesn't hurt, doesn't anything. Sometimes they're jelly-like. They're so uh, lumpy. Uh, that little, those bits of lump in your cum. 
And now I'm pausing to think about your criticisms and take them to heart before I address them. You're right. The, the, the problem with, you know, sometimes, you know, you record the podcast and you're in a bad mood and, you know, nobody brought you a cupcake that week and you're stressed out and you have to get to a meeting and there's other things going on. And, you know, sometimes the calls just elicit the negativity because you get calls from people who are so needy and leotarded. And after a while, you just start, you know, getting brusque with people. But I'm going to try to turn over a new leaf and I'm going to try to leaven every show with some calls where I can be bucking people up instead of fucking people up uh, so that we right the ship around here. So we return to sort of, you know, equal time for inspirational and degradational because I really, really, really want to please you, lumpy cum dude. I really want you to like the show as much as you used to uh, and – uh Thanks for the feedback. I'm trying to think of something really uplifting to say now uh, here at the end of the show that'll make everybody feel good. Oh, I know. We're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at, at America's Most Uplifting, Positive Thinking, Lumpy Coming Podcast, the Savage Lovecast. 206-201-2720 is the number if you'd like to record a question or a comment for a future show. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day, including the Savage Love Letter of the Day at slog.thestranger.com. And me and the positive thinking tech savvy at risk youth will be back at you next week with another uplifting installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for coming, Lumpy. Lumpy.